everyone. Welcome to the Fit CFO Show. I'm Amanda Hankwist, and together with my husband, Sean, we wanted to create this podcast so that our audience could learn from some of the industry's best fitness professionals and to also give online entrepreneurs a place to learn financial success. We have years of experience in the fitness industry and specialize in finance. Together, we hope to bring you the best of both worlds. We'll be releasing a new episode every single Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications because you don't want to miss a thing. bring to you a friend of mine, Chrissy Williford. Chrissy was dealing with chronic injury and found her transformation through brain to body communication. She is a busy mama and gym owner from Alabama, helping individuals feel their best through proper nutrition and corrective exercises. I am so excited to bring her wealth of knowledge to you today. So let's welcome Chrissy to the show. But I'm definitely grateful to have you on because you have a very unique um, specialty in my opinion. So I'm excited to hear about it and learn from you today. So um, yeah, so you really stood out to me. You have this exercise psychology, um, I guess, information on your website, your brain to body communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, tell me about that a little bit. Well, um, I guess I should share a little bit of background about my story. So I was chronically injured, um, had chronic pain, chronic injury, injury, um, bilateral SI joint sprain, and I had this, what I tell people was a gut infection, but it was a systemic candida overgrowth. And I, at that time, I couldn't find anyone to help. And, and what so, is that? What is for our listeners out there? What does that mean exactly? Because we have a lot of uh, just general population listeners out there. Okay, awesome. Um, so it's basically an overgrowth of the bad bacteria that's in your gut. That's basically what it is. So we have good bacteria, bad bacteria. And so the candida, which is what they call it, will overgrow. And um, it has a couple of functions. One is to actually remove viruses and stuff out of your body. Mm-hmm. So like if you have strep throat, then, um, you know, like candida will overgrow to get that. And then once it gets it and attacks it and takes care of it for you, it'll suppress itself back into your gut. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what so happens it can be a good thing to help fight infections and things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it gets a bad rap. Okay. Because once it overgrows, um, like you feel bad, you know, you have gut distress, you are low energy, brain fog, like there's a plethora of symptoms that go along with that. Mm -hmm. And so finding out that I had it, um, was a big turning point, but at that time they weren't actually like treating it. Cause that's like kind of a newer concept and newer finding in the, in the last couple of years that that's even an issue that a lot of people have. Right. Yes. Yes. And, um, I think it was in 2012 or 13 was the Mm -hmm. first time I heard they were actually even testing for it. Okay. And, um, I think probably like 2013 and I was like, Oh, great. They need to do that because I had a client who also had it and, you know, she was working on getting herself back in sync long before me and helped me through it and to understand kind of what was going on. Now, my understanding of it is different than what it was then. I actually see the good mechanism of it. But back then it was just like, oh, that's so bad for you. All that bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, anyway, so I had all that stuff going on and like, I couldn't find anyone to help me. I went to doctors, went to physical therapists, chiropractors, I had a running coach at the time because I was refereeing basketball. He couldn't help me as a physical therapy background, couldn't help me. And so I was just broken, mm-hmm. you know, and I couldn't. It's I was, so frustrating when you know there's something wrong, but there are no answers and nobody willing to help you super frustrating, super, super frustrating. Yes, absolutely. And, 
you know, so I, um, I remember I was at the gym and I was working out and I was like, I can't do these workouts. I'm asking my clients today. I was a personal trainer at the time. Mm. And I was like, yeah. you know, this, this is not even the industry for me. I was, and then I was like, well, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> you know, cause this is like all I know. Yeah. Because I, that's a big thing to practice before you preach and right. yeah. And so not being able to, to do that, I, I can definitely see you second guessing your career path for sure. Yeah. And so, and the thing is I was on two career paths, right? I was trying to referee basketball professionally and I was working as personal trainer. Okay. Let's celebrate <laughs> that for a minute. Go you. All right. I love that. A female ref. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 There are way more women coming out of the woodwork on that yeah. one too. So yeah, it's great. Um, but I like, you know, I, both of these pathways that I'm going down are yeah. like, they're, they're physically active, you know? Right. So I remember I was in the gym and I was just like, you know, I was questioning my whole entire life and this mm. path that I had chosen for my career. And I love and, that you're bringing this up because I think most of us out there have hit that point of just questioning what in the hell we're doing with our lives right now. Yes, I think we do. And and I think that goes for everyone. It doesn't matter like mm-hmm. if you're in the fitness space or not. Like it, everyone at some point you question like what are you doing with your life? Right. You know? <laughs> yes. And it's a big turning point. So but so I was really overwhelmed and frustrating and honestly at a place where you know the the choice was to quit or to keep going, right? Mm-hmm. And then I remembered that like our body is resilient you know, and it will heal and recover. And it's made that way right? and we support it properly. It will do that. Mm-hmm. So I sat out on a journey to find the answers because I knew they existed. And I knew if I was just persistent with it, that they would come to light and they did. And so that's how I got into brain-based fitness because our brain drives everything, yeah. right? If the brain does not communicate to our body. Well, then our brain does not function well. It's just like, how true is it that our brain and our, in our guts are literally in sync and communicate with each other? Cause I have heard that. Can you, um, I guess like pause and elaborate on that a little bit while we're here. Sure. Yeah. So it's absolutely true. There's a huge gut brain connection mm-hmm. and, um, people like I've heard it put that like your gut is your second brain. Yeah. Right? I've heard that too. Yeah. And the reason is, and this is something that I learned on the summit that I did recently. Um, but there's so like, it's like our nervous system is our gut is the place that our nervous system like meets and comes together. Right. Okay. Because you have, you have fight or flight nervous system and you have right. rest and digest nervous system. Right. So okay. you have two types of nervous system. You have one that upregulates and one that down regulates. Yes. They work together. So in the gut area is where they come, they sync together, right? There's a whole bunch of nerve endings there. Um, 80% or so of your immune system comes out of your gut health right? We have all yeah. that gut flora that allows us to break down and assimilate our food and absorb it. Right. And so there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the gut area, right? Parts. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, you know, and how you feed yourself depend determines really how your performance is like, you know, do you have brain fog or are you clear minded? Do you have high energy or are you fatigued all the time? And a lot of that comes from, you know, how we feed ourselves. And so that's what I was going to say is how much is that relative to what we're putting into our bodies? Cause I know, after I eat, like, let's say a donut, for example, I just I feel like crap for a while. I'm foggy. I'm like, just not myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's a lot. Like I always say that food is the foundation, mm-hmm. right? 
And it, it, whatever your fitness goals are, or your health goals or whatever it is, food is the foundation for that because it is our fuel. It is our energy. That's how we have energy and make ATP to like keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and it matters and it matters so much that it should be put first, even right. though most of the time it's put last. It really like, is. Yeah. Or I'll, just, or I'll out exercise yes. my horrendous weekend of eating. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And people don't want to put it first because it takes effort. You have to pay attention to what you're eating. You it's have difficult. to like, learn. It's, it is difficult. It's, it's challenging. And if you're not, because there, how, how hard is it to go into the gym for 45 minutes to an hour once a day or three times a week versus every meal being consistent and being diligent or mm-hmm. most of your meals, at least mm-hmm. it's different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And, you know, if you think about it, most people go into the gym and they're doing exercise, but it's mindless, right? Right. right. They don't have to think about it. They just get on the treadmill for 45 minutes right. and they're like, hey, there's there's not, my body, right. Personality behind it. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's mindless and, and our eating is also mindless, except it doesn't serve us in the same way. Mm-hmm. So mindless exercise is different. And that's why I always tell my kids, like if I ever see my kids eating breakfast before school or whatever on their phones, I try to tell them, you know, please put your phone away. I don't want you to be mindlessly eating. Um, that's just kind of a rule. We don't have phones at the dinner table. Um, that's just something that has always been very important to me. And I try to hold true to that as well. There's times of course, when we're busy and it just happens, but for the most part, I think that is one takeaway that all of our listeners out there can definitely understand is that to put the, put away the devices because mindless eating can happen so quickly. And then you're still hungry and you're like, my God, did I even eat anything? Right. Right. <laughs> and then you go back <laughs> eat for, again and then you go back for seconds and you're right. like, you no, know, you're like stuffed and like feel terrible. You know, <laughs> exactly. That, that happened to me. And you're like, Oh, it's way too much. Yes. <laughs> But going back to your story, so you have this candida overgrowth that you are not finding any anywhere to turn to. You're questioning like where you're even at in life. So you take on your own mission to pursue this, figure it out. What do you find? What do you do next? Um, honestly, I did everything. <laughs> like, I mean, and the thing is, like, I'm trying to like figure out about my gut. Right. And then I'm trying to figure out about my, like my goal is like to lose weight and to improve my fitness. Right. So that I can right. actually perform and not be in pain. Right. Yeah. So actually so what pain to- were you experiencing? Cause you had made a um, comment very early on the podcast about a bilateral, what did you call it? SI joint. SI joint. What does that mean? So in, in your pelvis or your hips, right uh-huh. on the back side, like right above, like where your butt is, okay. that's your SI joint. Okay. okay. And so, um, and I can tell you how my injury happened, but, um, because for women, because our pelvis is wider, mm-hmm. we have tendency to have a greater risk of injury in different areas in our body. Sure. So like SI joint would be one, um, knees would be another, right. Okay. Just because of the, the, how our pelvis is set up for childbirthing. That's the way it's set up. So um, what usually will happen is you'll have SI joint injury, right? And the the thing about the SI joint is it's not like other joints because it doesn't have tendons and ligaments that hold it together. Our pelvis is made like a bridge. It's a leveraging system. So bridges are made in these, with these arcs Mm -hmm. that leverage on each other. And that's how it becomes sturdy. Our pelvis is the same way. So 
once that SI joint gets sprained, like your brain cannot feed through that joint because our brain and our nervous system has to feed through the joint to get to the muscles and all of the different parts of our body that need to work because that's how they work. And so once that SI joint gets sprained, like you just don't work well right? Because your brain can't get through there. Mm-hmm. So typically what you'll see is SI joint injury, and then you get lumbar spine injury, oh, right? Wow. Because mm-hmm. what starts begins to happen is a domino effect of injuries and pain and discomfort in your body, right? Got it. So because I was actively looking for someone to help with the pain in my body, and, and I listened to my body when I was working out and exercising, I didn't actually ever injure my lumbar spine, but it was right. very unusual that I didn't have lumbar spine and um, right. joint injury. And for people that don't know, lumbar spine's low back, yeah. right? So yeah. the spine in your low back. So, you know, I mean, I, I literally tried everything. I bought, you know, core like programs. I tried those. I bought, you know, athletic corrective stuff. I tried that. Um, I ended up finding a colleague in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. So I ended up finding a colleague in Memphis, Tennessee, who uses non-chiropractic techniques to manipulate your nervous system. So I I started seeing him and I, and it's like three and a half hours for me to get to him. But I, I would go see him and he would set my SI joint. I had to wear SI belt SI joint belt for, I mean, I was in and out of it for probably, I mean, maybe like two years, you know, I mean, it was a long, long journey. And so, you know, and so I I literally tried everything. Like I remember I bought some kind of supplement. It was like had charcoal in it. And so I basically was like drinking charcoal. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? What we will, the extent that we will go to, to try to fix ourselves and our situation. So I feel like, so this is amazing because I love hearing people's stories (laughs) because then ultimately it leads them down this path of helping others, which is exactly what you are doing now. Um, I love the thought of like how the brain communicates with our body and that connection. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I know that you told us about your personal journey a little bit, but what, tell me about your actual unique approach to working with your clients. Well, I, um, I treat everyone as an individual because they are an individual, right? I mean, that's just it. Whatever happens in your history affects your present and your history is different from my history, your lifestyle and what's going on in your life is different from mine. So it like, we think there's a cookie cutter program for that everyone can do, but that's not actually true. Right. Right. You can do the cookie cutter programs, but it doesn't mean that your result is going to be the most optimal result for you. Mm -hmm. So I approach everyone as an individual, first and foremost, I do an extensive history. I want to know, you know, did you have childhood trauma? Have you, do you have history of concussions? Do you have, you know, chronic tension in your body? Because to your brain, chronic tension is the same thing as chronic pain. So I want to know that. I want to know if you've had babies, if you're a woman, what kind of delivery did you have? What was your pregnancy like? I want, like, I want to know all of it, right? Yeah. Because that all of that impacts our nervous system in our present. So we start there. Then um, I use a lot of joint mobility, which is how I get your nervous system to talk to your body better. We do visual vestibular training if we need to do that. Um, and then outside of that, it's good old fashioned strength training and flexible dieting. And so the three yeah. pillars we work off of are joint mobility, 
um, strength. I call it restorative exercise because I use strength training in a corrective manner. So I call it restorative exercise Um, and then flexible dieting because I deal with a lot of chronic dieters and they've been on the same, you know, they've been on multiple diets for 30 years trying to lose the same 30 pounds. And so I've developed a system that allows them to lose a little bit up front, a a little bit of weight up front. So they get a win and they feel good about what they're doing. That gives them a little bit of motivation to keep going. Yep. Yep. Feel better. They're fitting in their clothes better, you know, give them a big win up front in the first few weeks. And then I basically just reverse diet them out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, because the people that I work with are, are, I mean, my client base is anywhere from like 30 to like 80. Okay. So, you know, the older women are like, you don't don't have like, you know, this one like client avatar, you help anybody that is in, um, essentially chronic pain that you can help make some of those corrections to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my avatar is 40 to 55 years old, mm-hmm. but I get people all over the spectrum and I'm not going to turn them away just because they don't right. feel my You market to a specific individual, right. but you're going to take everybody. Right. Exactly. And, you know, older people have more issues, right? Young people. What's really interesting is that sometimes younger people don't respond as well to Mm -hmm. the type of techniques that I use. Really? That is interesting. It's, it's really interesting. And especially if you're like, "Mm -mm, not at all. And, and, and it's, and it's weird. And we don't, we haven't figured out the mechanism of that or why that is. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, someone who's been through extensive surgeries, they've had a lot of trauma to their body, they may not respond to some of the techniques that I use. So I have I call it tinkering on people. So I have to tinker right. on them to figure out like what's actually going to work for them, you know, and you know, because it's different and and it's I get real frustrated if my methods aren't working, my traditional path, and then I'm like, okay, let's just chase the rabbit here and see what happens. Uh, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, I work with everyone. As long as you're willing to come in and, and show up and do the work, that's what matters. And I absolutely love that. Um, you talk a lot about, you know, the over on your social media, I noticed mm-hmm. about the overeating and then or overtraining and under eating and those things going hand in hand. Um, you know, why do you, from your perspective, cause I talk about it all the time, but why is it the enemy in your opinion? Well, because in the long run, it makes you sick. It makes you chronically sick. It increases your risk of injury. Once you get injured, it makes your recovery harder, right? So you're really setting yourself up to be in a really bad place. And the exact reason that I was in the place that I was in was because of over-exercising and under-eating for years. Because of that reason. That's right. Mm -hmm. Because I was overweight as a child. So my first diet was 12 years old. So you're talking about from like 12 years old to... I don't know. I was in my, I guess I was in my thirties then. I mean, that's like 20 years, you know, of extreme dieting methods, right. Under yeah. eating, over exercising out. Your body almost doesn't diet. know any different. Well, it can't get to homeostasis. Right? right. And what I've learned is that what that does is it creates threat on your, on your body. And so our brain's first responsibility is survival. That's all right. it cares about. It doesn't care about what happens to you. It cares about you being alive and surviving. Right. Right. Whatever's going on. So, so then you have, have chronic inflammation, which as we know, um, can really uh, cause injury or help injury. Yes. If you're on the verge of something and you're inflamed, it just takes like bending over to tie your shoe to put it over the edge. 
for example. And and inflammation is an immune response. Mm -hmm. Like your body creates inflammation to protect you, right? It's like when you get injured, like you hurt yourself or you cut yourself, it gets inflamed, right? That's an immune response. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is we're flipping on the light to our immune system. It's on chronically, like how long can you until the bulb runs out, you know? And that's how you create, I mean, you create autoimmunity just off of that. And it's simply not taking Uh, care of that word autoimmunity. We could have a whole entire podcast on that. I know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's a whole thing, you know, and it, and lifestyle is a huge, huge component. And a lot of times it never gets addressed. You know, it's like, here, take this medicine or do this treatment. But it's like, what are you actually doing in your life that could reduce the stress, the internal stress on your body that will help improve you, you know? How many clients are you seeing now coming to you that um, are dealing with autoimmunity issues, whatever it is, there's, there's tons of them um, that were caused from this doing too much and not providing the nutrition that our bodies need. Um, I mean, honestly, like it's kind of a tricky question because a lot of people that I work with have immune you know, dysfunction of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't necessarily say that it was caused, you know, by chronic dieting, yeah. right. For weight loss, essentially stress. Is, well, yeah, stress is what causes it, but mm-hmm. you know, we're creating the stress in our body, right. Yeah. And stress to the body, your brain, stress to your brain is threatening. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's threatening. So your body perceives that stress as threat. And even like, he, here's an example, um, is like low blood sugar is stress. Okay. And also threat your body perceives low blood sugar as threatening. So if you're like fasting, like doing like intermittent fasting, or if you're just waking, if you're not doing intermittent fasting, but you're like waking up and you don't eat until like lunchtime, right. That's still stress on your body. That's threat. Or you're not eating all day. You're just working and then you come home late and then you pile it all in right before you go to bed or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But all day long, your, your body has been in a perceived state of threat. So your brain perceives threat, which is why you get, you know, you get hot and sweaty, your body temperature, it goes up or down, right? Right. You get stress hormone release. You feel like you're in fight or flight or like anxious all day. Right. And you're just like at this high upregulated nervous system place, right. Where you just feel like, Oh, I can't get it all done. Or you just, you're jittery, you know? And then you get home at the end of the day. And I know a lot of, um, individuals who in fact calm that down with alcohol at the end of the day, like Mm -hmm. let's, let's calm it down with alcohol as we know is an additional stressor on our bodies too. Yeah. 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 And so, and it's a lot of things, right. So like lack of sleep, um, under eating, uh, low blood sugar, going long periods of time without food over exercising, um, and then just general life, like, you know, right. if you have a toddler at home, you're like taking care of the child and just normal that, stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if okay. we can manage our stress, it will help improve all of our health in the long yeah. run. We just don't do a very good job of that. So I love that you're a wealth of knowledge. I feel like I could chat with you all day long, (laughs) but I want to flip the switch a little bit. It's as you know, this podcast is really geared towards, I want to talk about fitness and also finance. And so I want to get your take on when did you decide you wanted to become an entrepreneur? Gosh, you know, I think, I don't think that I decided, I think I always knew internally because I'm like the worst employee. (laughs) 
not, and I think I, I think can relate. Right. I think that's a good characteristic. For people I, who are I love that. Yeah. Right. And so it's not that like, I didn't do the job. Like I would show up and do the job, but I didn't want you to micromanage me. If you, especially in the fitness space, if you did something that I thought was stupid, I would voice my opinion about it, you know? And it's like, you know, like I worked at a box gym for a while and they just wanted us to like push like all these packages and all these things. And they didn't care about what's happening to the people. Right. And they're like, talk to them real fast. So they under, don't understand what you're saying. And I'm like, why would I do that? You know, like they need to trust me for me to be able to coach them. The client and, is a, is a dollar sign. Exactly. Exactly. And like, I'm in the business of helping people, not breaking them. Right. You know? And so I don't, I always just kind of internally knew that I wanted to work for myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, when it was time for me to do that, the doors opened up for me and I just, it it was like an easy switch. Yeah. I've heard that from other, um, entrepreneurs as well as, is, um, it just wasn't difficult. They, they prayed for an easy path and it was. And so, um, I love that. So what are some things, um, as an entrepreneur that, cause you have a brick and mortar, right? I, you have an actual facility that you, um, train people in and that you work yes. with, with, with customers on. Do you yes. also work online as well? Cause I know you do a lot of virtual things. Mm-hmm, I do. I do. I do online and I do, I have a program, and I'm, I'm actually about to like revamp it. And so I want to change some. Yeah, you did, you did like a virtual launch in, in July. I remember seeing, um, I did one, I guess, I guess, I guess that'd be right. Yeah. And okay. so, um, I think I kind of did it like, like in the beginning of the pandemic, you know what I mean? Like, when, yeah. When- so that's what I was going to ask you because I feel like, um, the entrepreneurs that really kind of came through this whole COVID thing, mm-hmm. um, they learned to uh, I guess shift with COVID, um, Mm. because it was kind of one of those things where if you're a brick and mortar and you're depending on physical, um, in-person connection to make your money, like, what are you going to do? You're going to have to make some changes. And so I feel like, cause you and I did a, or I was on your, um, summit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which was really awesome. And I think that was right around that time. And so, um, how were you able to make this transition during COVID? What did, what did that look like for you? Well, I adjust very well. Um, I am always aware of my surroundings and when I see something, I just make an adjustment. Right. And so overthink it too much. That's right. And I just did, and I'm a lean startup, right? So I put my gym together for like $30,000 out of pocket. I bartered with a couple of clients. Love that you brought this up because I think so many, um, you know, and, and this can be said for, for anything, but there are so many that think, you know, I've got to have this, uh, the top of the line equipment. I got to have this amazing space that they, if I build it, they will come kind of mentality. Um, and, and you're telling me that it doesn't have to be that way. Like bargain shop for your equipment, get a good deal on your lease or buy the building. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm, I'm just a lean startup. I'm not like, like, I'm not going to go 200 grand in debt to put a gym together. Like that's ridiculous to me. Yep. So I, you know, and we've got two squat racks, three pull-up bars, cable equipment, um, a couple of, uh, aerodyne bikes, you know, uh, medicine balls, kettlebell. I mean, it's all free weight stuff, right? Yep. So we don't, I don't have any machines, but I bartered with a couple of clients to pay in advance. I put like 10 to 15 grand of my own money in Mm -hmm. and I I outfitted like Florida and everything for like 30 K 
It had no debt on it and owned it all outright and went in and started working. Right. I love that. So, you know, and that I honestly believe that because I did it that way is, is one of the reasons why I haven't gotten into financial trouble. Yeah. Right. Because I don't have, I don't have loans out like paying for equipment, you know? Yeah. Well, and then what happens when you're already paying debt on this chunk and then all of a sudden this piece of equipment goes bad. And so now you're replacing like five treadmills or something with another chunk and then COVID happens, you know, I mean, so these are things to think about when you have this business on the financial side, you really need to do things as, like you said, lean as possible, Um, because why do it at the beginning when cash flow is short, when cash flow isn't there, Um, you know, and you, you need to be thinking a step ahead because who knew that, you know, something like COVID was going to happen. Right. You know, right. and then, so then, yes, you made this transition yeah. to yeah. online to be able yeah. to, um, you know, cater to the the customers at that time. Yeah. And so to answer your question on how I did that, I just did a pivot mm-hmm. and I, this is what, exactly what I did. I sent an email out to every, every one of my clients and I said, blah, 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 blah. Here's what we're doing. Yep. These are your options. Okay. Online programming, virtual sessions, yes. which one do you prefer? Respond back and let me know. That's literally the email that I sent out, right? And so people responded back. They're like, I want to do online programming. And then so I just I opened up like a true coach account. I started like giving them workouts. I do whatever they were coming in plus extras. So they were getting like three, four workouts a week. Yeah. Online programming just to like keep them moving and doing stuff, right? So then um, this, the other people that wanted to do virtual, we did virtual with them. So we just get on Zoom. We do whether it was like resistance bands or whatever the whatever they was had. that they had access to. Whatever they had. And sometimes I'd ship them bands. I would just say, okay, you sure. need you need some. I use a lot of hip circle bands. I'm like, you need some of these. So I just ship them out to them from Amazon. Mm-hmm. They get them in a few days, maybe a week, you know, during that time. Yeah. And, you know, they we would just use what they had. And we just made it work. And, you know, everybody, like, Yes, they may have put on a little bit of weight, like a few pounds, mm-hmm. but everybody came. What was through. the, what was the term quarantine 15 or something like that? <laughs> I don't know, but you know what? It was crazy because I was seeing people come in there and say, I've gained 50 pounds. Oh, wow. And I'm like, how in the hell did you put on 50 pounds in a couple of months? Like what are you doing? <laughs> is what I wanted to say in my mind. I said that, but I didn't actually right. say that. Yeah. yeah. You know? Maybe, maybe some people need that awakening. Like, ah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, so, goes away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just did a, I just did a pivot and I just, you know, I'm the leader of my company. I'm the leader yep. of my people. This is my tribe. It is my responsibility. And I take that very seriously. And, and it's like, you know, when your client responds back and say, I trust you, you yeah. know, like that's all you can ask for, because that means you trust me and all the decisions that I make are going to keep you safe and protected and do the same for me. Yep. Right. So, um, we just pushed everybody online some kind of way. And then I I started building out my online program, my 90 day program. I love that. And you were very smart when you did your virtual summit, because what you did is you put together this online flyer and then you had all of us who were speakers email it to our email list. And you've really gained awareness for you and your following and what you do. And so I thought that was, um, that was super smart and anybody can do it, right? right? You just have to do it. And I think the biggest, um, hold back with success for entrepreneurship is overthinking, um, done as an entrepreneur. Yeah. You can't put out crap, right? I mean, it's gotta be good. It's gotta be quality. But like, you can't overthink like done is so much better than perfect. 
every yes. single time. You know how many typos I have in all of my content and I've gotten called out on it. Yeah. You know what? You put out the post then if you're so worried about my typo, like exactly. it's going to happen because done is better than perfect. If exactly. you are only reading the typo or the misspelling or the grammar that's wrong, you're not mm-hmm. getting the concept of the value that I'm putting out. Right. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter. It right? doesn't matter. No. Because if mm-hmm. you spell the wrong, you still know it's the, right? And I think, and yeah. I think your followers would be upset with you if you put out half the content that was perfect. Right. Right. Like put it out there. It's not going to be perfect. You're going to get better as you go. Who was it? I think it was the Angie Lee show. Um, I don't know if you follow her or not. She's hilarious, but she talks about building your plane um, while you're flying it. Absolutely. That's I I love that. I love that, um, that quote, because it's, it's so true. Um, we really do have to learn as we go. We all have our areas of expertise. I was a financial, uh, in the financial world for 12 years. My husband's Mm -hmm. been in it for 16 years. I also am huge into fitness and combining those things together. I don't know how to, um, you know, to make this pivot, but I'm doing it the best that I can right now, you know, and it, and it is what it is. So, and you know, what is it that they say analysis paralysis or something? Yeah. I'm like, it freezes by analysis. It does. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and it freezes you. And the thing is that, you know, if you have something to share with people and something that's valuable, that could impact their life in a positive way, why would you not just put it out there with spelling errors right. and typos and whatever. Like yes. somebody reamed me one time for using like affect and effect, right? I oh, used the right. Word. And I'm always overthinking that one. I'm like, is it the A or the E? Oh, screw it. And I'm like, <laughs> but so he like reamed me. And I was like, like I went, I commented back and I was like, first of all, I didn't say it like this, but in my mind, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know, this is not like, this is not a, gra- a place of grammar. This is a place right. of fitness. And right. if it bothers you that much that I, you use the wrong word, like just don't come here. You know, yeah. like this is not a place of grammar. This is a place of health and fitness. And that's what matters. So you're missing. Uh-huh. Or there's moments of where you write the word your Y-O-U-R instead of the yes. apostrophe R-E. And it's like, yes. I know the mm-hmm. correct term. It's right. just what went out. Oops, my bad, you know? Right. So yeah, yeah. I think that so many times if we, you know, again, overthink our content, overthink the value that we're trying to put out there. And then it, it hinders us from putting anything out there because we're so worried about what other people are thinking. We are doing a disservice for all those people that need to see that post or need to see that content. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally like 1000% agree with what you're saying. Yep. No. And, and the thing is like, you just got to do it right. Cause once you do it, it's like doing live video at first. I was like, "Mm," you know, but now it's my preferred method of putting out content because I can, I can just get on there and ramble about something for like 10 Mm -hmm. minutes. Same thing with this podcast. I mean, I had people scheduled to interview it before I knew what the heck to even do. I didn't have any idea how to do it, but I had a deadline because I had my first interview and I announced that I was putting this podcast out. And so I had no, I was backed into a corner. I had no option other than to just figure it out. And I did it. And the thing is that like, for people who are kinesthetic learners, like they learn by doing, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm a kinesthetic learner. So my best course of action is to just get started doing it and learn as I go and be willing to fail. And that's the thing is like, 
we also get frozen by the thought of failure because we yeah. think it's a bad thing. And I was having this conversation with a colleague the other day about how, you know, people think go into the gym to like sweat and hurt and, you know, like just wear themselves out because it, they feel like doing something right. Yep. Um, you know, they feel like it's doing paid their dues or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, like we get paralyzed by failure because we perceive it as a bad thing when it's actually sometimes a good thing, right? Because like doing an extreme isometric to failure is a good thing for your body, right? But, you know, we think of failure as like, oh, I suck at life. But mm-hmm. in exercise and in fitness, it's not always true because, you know, it's a shift in, in how you perceive failure. Like failure makes you better. You learn from it right? Yeah. You keep going, you make adjustments. Okay. Right. That pushes you forward. Right. Yeah. But if, if it's like, if you fail and you're going to be so emotional about it, you feel like you suck at life and it's going to freeze you. Like that's a problem you're going to have to address. Well, And, and then, you know, I think that goes with overthoughts. Don't overthink yeah. it. All right. That didn't go as planned. Whatever. Right. Let's move on. I mean, right. I had a launch in the spring that did not go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty much a bomb. Um, and I put money into it. I did all the things. I did everything that all the marketing gurus say to do. And it was, it was a freaking bomb. And it's one of those things though. It's like, yeah, I could just like say that, you know, but you know how much I learned from that how much I learned does not work. How many ways I'm not going to do that again? (laughs) A whole lot. (laughs) So I think that goes back to, again, don't overthink it. Okay. It didn't work that way. We're not going to do it that way again. We're going to move on and we're going to learn from it. Same thing with exercise. I think, um, that's one thing that, uh, I think that I have learned is I used to be so afraid to go into the gym because, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this wrong. People are going to think I look dumb. And once I realized that 97% of the people in that gym don't know what in the hell they're doing, oh my God, it became so much easier to me to, to go because I tinker with stuff. I'm like, Ooh, I've never used this before. I wonder how that works. I wonder if I use the equipment this way if it would work my glutes differently, let's try it out, you know, and and now I don't feel dumb. I just try it different. Right. Well, I think you have to be, you have to kind of open yourself up to that. Like Mm -hmm. this, this all doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take them. It's going to take a little bit at a time. That's right. That's right. But you have to be willing to open yourself up to that. Yeah. And, and then just step out there and, and do it and start, just start moving forward with that, you know? And it's like, you know, like I have big dreams. I have a huge vision for my company, my career, my life. And I'm sitting over here. Like I'm at step one. Like that's what I feel like, because you know, if you looked back, right. Right. That's all where you are now. Right. Right. You know? And so we we just have to be willing, willing. Okay. That's the key here is you have to be willing. Once you're willing, you've made the decision and you're willing. Okay. Then you just have to start taking actions. Right. And that, and it can be a simple action. It could be like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do a quote on, you know, a nice colored background on Facebook today. Right. It could be something that simple. Like you just have to start doing some actions that will help. I remember the first time I posted a story, I recorded that sucker probably 18 times. (laughs) And it's so annoying. And and I'm like, (laughs) and then I'm like, Oh, and I posted it, posted it. Oh God. And I hated, I, I don't even think I watched it again. Cause I was so terrified. Yeah. But I, funny. So and but then yeah, that don't even no, care. Like like one time, screw it. Ooh, I have crap in my teeth. Oh, well it's up. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> so I absolutely love, um, 
I love your approach as a professional. I think you have such um, an amazing, um, you know, benefit that a lot of people could, could learn from you. And then, you know, being an entrepreneur, starting lean with your business, I think is huge. So many people can learn from that. And then also not being afraid to try new things, not overthinking things, just go for it before you think you're ready. Right. Um, you have so many amazing things that entrepreneurs can learn from that individuals can learn from. So I, I so appreciate you being on this today because I think it was so much information. Um, what are some of your favorite resources as um, an entrepreneur, um, business owner, brick and mortar owner that you would, um, I guess, give to um, our audience? Maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's a book, maybe it's, um, you know, uh, somebody you follow on Instagram, I don't know, but what are some of your favorite uh, resources that have helped you as an entrepreneur? Oh gosh. Um, honestly, like, well, I have, so I have a toddler, I had a baby like three and a half years ago. So prior to her, <laughs> um, did you see my reel today? I posted a reel about our brains on coffee. And then when we realized the coffee's done, so yeah. I've seen it done where before I had kids, I was so uh-huh. productive and like this blah, 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 blah. After having kids, it's like my brain is mush. Right. It's like, what am I supposed to do right now? <laughs> wait, I got to open the fruit snacks. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> well, and you have more than one. I only have one, right? So <laughs> I can only imagine. We have, um, we have a lot of different phases of life. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Um, so I, um, I've always been an avid reader. And like now that I'm kind of settled into motherhood, I'm getting back into that. So like yeah. books, you know, like. Um, the lean, lean startup is a book, right. And, um, Oh, that's I, actually a book, huh? Yeah. It's a book. Oh, I mean, cool. I'm going to write that down. I'll, yeah. Maybe I'll look, uh, I'll look thumb through it and then maybe I'll link that in the show notes. So that actually was a great, that, that actually is a great book for understanding like how, how to have big, big visions on small budgets and how to, to make things happen, you know, on, with what you have. And I so love I love that. Thank you for sharing yeah, that. I, I think that's a great resource for people, especially if they're just getting started, you know, um, I follow a lot of like what Nicole Spencer does for marketing stuff and she's strictly fitness business marketing, but she does a lot of stuff on like sales and on, um, and she has a podcast too, that she's just started. And so her company is authentic conversion and, um, and she's great. I've like, Nicole has coached me on and off in business for gosh, I think since like maybe 2013, she was my coach, you know? And so yeah. um, I've been on and off with her. And then outside of that, you know, like I listen to a lot of Grant Cardone stuff, you know, it's 10 X life, it's 10 X super life, you know? And he, he's so, if you know his story, he came from nothing. Like he was on drugs and stuff. Oh, wow. And you know, he, he I was, love me yeah. some like before and after type journeys. Yes. His is great. Cause he was like, you know, he, like his childhood wasn't that great. And, you know, he got to where he was on drugs and stuff and he got into car sales and, and, you know, he, he got into this place where he was teaching people how to sell things. And so his thing was, was sales. And now he has like an empire, you know, and he's still advocating, like he's going to start working on new social media platforms, you know, because oh, wow. yeah. of all this stuff that's going on now. So I love Grant. He's super motivational. If you don't know him, definitely check him out. He's on absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I would say, um, yeah. And you know, motivational stuff like Tony Robbins is great. And so, um, 
you know, I just yeah. try to, I try to, to pay attention to the things that are going to like keep me going, you know, yeah. I'm, like, yeah. I, it's so easy to get overwhelmed and exhausted. And one thing I'll say about, you know, just my kind of two cents about being an entrepreneur, like the first year will make or break you period. It will make or break you. And I experienced that. That was before my child. So I experienced that. But if you can make it through that first year, then you just figure it out right? Make it through the first year. That should be your goal at first. Like just get through the first year and then you just figure it out, you know, because in the first year you're, it's going to challenge your emotional health, your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health. Like it's going to challenge all of that. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And you just get through the first year. And then after that, you just figure it out. You know, I mean, I'm six years in, I've survived having a baby, being a single mom in a pandemic. I think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it that way, uh, right. You, know, like, you just figure it out. You know, my, my daughter's been at the gym since she was two months old. And like, yeah. I just didn't have, like, I just had to bring her with me and I did. Yeah. And all my clients love her and this is her family and her play place and her second home. And everything you know, is figure outable. <laughs> absolutely. That's a great quote. <laughs> <laughs> it's not mine. I stole it from a friend. <laughs> So yeah, um, you know, I mean, it, it's a lot of the, what you're saying is, is what, you know, people need to attach to just stop yes. analyzing it and just start doing it, you know, and, okay. and, and realize your worth and the value that you bring and share that would be willing to share that with people. I think I want to, yeah, I think that is some, a great thing to close out with is that your value is more than you think it is. I think Absolutely. people get too over worried about not bringing enough value. Um, and you are, you know, I mean, I think that's, that's one thing that I have truly learned is, um, especially like coming from the financial world, you know, what, what, you know, is so much more than what the general public knows. Yeah. And so if you're bringing these big fancy terms, trying to come up with this big, crazy over the top value, you're talking over your avatar. Um, and so I, I like that you brought that up because I do think that we overanalyze, we overthink, and then we don't think that we're providing enough value when we absolutely are right where well, we're at. Well, and, and essentially that's just us judging ourselves, mm-hmm. right? We're, yeah. We're it's like imposter syndrome. Yes. Yes. And, and, and ultimately you could even go as far to say it's self-sabotage, right? Very so, true. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're just doing that with yourself. So yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on. I will put, uh, Chrissy Williford, I will put your information in the show notes so people can, um, find you on, um, social media platforms and get in touch with you if they would like to learn more about, um, your approach to, you know, you know, brain and body communication, um, have an an amazing niche and, um, yeah, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for being on. Awesome. Thank you. Like this episode, please be sure to tune in every single Tuesday morning. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on your notifications so you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast, your Instagram story, Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help others out there become the best versions of themselves. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable. Oh,